I wanted to give you a little bit of introduction if you happen to be a visitor this morning. It seems that in our family here, we have two professional bodybuilders by the name of Fitz and Bits, and they keep sending in videos to us every week for the message. So once again, we have a clip from them to start our sermon today. Scrawny. You do not have the big muscles. Pastor Scrawny is right. You are just too weak to lift up the weights. You're just little men. No, no, I am built up. I am the big one. Look with the beautiful muscles. They're so large. I, no, I am a strong. Behold the majesty! Oh, it's so good to see you! My promptitude is off the charts! I am strong! Who are strong? I am not scrawny! I am big! I am built up! I am bits, and this is bits, and we are here to build you up! Yes, so always remember, if you're ever feeling down or sad or your muscles are not big enough, just remember, it's all about you. Look in the mirror and say, I am wonderful, I am great, I am majestic. It's a hard act to follow. So how many times do you think that you might look in the mirror each day? One to five, raise your hand. I know I do. About five to ten. No honest people? What a, you know, we need Dionysus. More than ten maybe? Anybody willing to put their hand up and say that? Well, there was a research study done in 2012, and I'll give you the statistics. Men, we on an average of 18 times a day look in the mirror. And I hear the ladies laughing. Now you ready, ladies? Okay. Ladies, you on an average look in the mirror 38 times a day. Sorry about that. But part of the problem is because of our self-image, because of what our world portrays to us. And one of the things they found in this study was this, that volunteers who gazed at their reflections for up to 10 minutes at a time gradually became more and more anxious and depressed about their looks, even if they were perfectly happy with them to start with. Such is the lure of the mirror and the image it portrays to us. Why do we look in the mirror is the question we need to ponder. Another study done by the Social Research Issues Center said this, we want to know the truth about our appearances. We want to know the truth about our appearances because the myth that we have in our world is that attractive is always better. For instance, some of the studies showed that children in school who were attractive are more popular than their peers and more popular with their teachers. Job applicants who were more attractive got better pay and better jobs. 
those in courtrooms who were under, in trial were found guilty less often and received lesser sentences if they were attractive. And then finally, it is that idea that beauty equals good. So think about Disney. The beautiful princess is always the most wonderful person in the world. Well, there's a problem. Mirrors do give us an image, but it is not always truthful. The research found that people get caught up in that image, as we heard. They get caught up in what they think it should be. It gives an altered perception of life. They miss who they really are. They miss who they were created to be often. You know, that's true of a well-known bodybuilder by the name of Charles Atlas. Those of you who might be a little younger may not know that name, but he was one of the first bodybuilders to look like fits and bits. When he was a teenager, his parents gave him a full-length mirror. Normally, he had to fight in the bathroom with his sisters to get time in front of the mirror, but they gave him one and put it in his bedroom. Well, as he gazed in the mirror one day, he decided to take his shirt off and look at his upper physique. He saw that he really was scrawny and skinny, and in his mind, he decided that that would never do. So he began a regiment of working with muscles to build up his upper body. After about a month, he went back, looked in the mirror, and he noticed that there had been some changes. So he continued on this regimen, added more things in, constantly working out and pumping iron and doing all the things that would allow his upper body just to begin to grow. Well, finally, after about two years, he noticed that he had developed the body that he wanted, the beautiful rippling muscles and the tight abs that looked like a seashore, everything that he had wanted. But it happened one day while he was working out, he ended up collapsing. His parents rushed him to the hospital, assuming that he was just simply exhausted from all of the workout that he had been doing. Well, it was quickly discovered that the problem that happened that he collapsed from was that he had spent so much time on what he saw in this mirror in his upper body. He had done nothing to develop the muscles in his ankles and his legs. They simply could not support any longer the muscles that had bulked up so big and had become so heavy. His view in the mirror only showed what he wanted to see. And he neglected the foundation, the overall person. I want to turn your attention to the words that we heard today in Ephesians 4, starting at verse 17, on the screen in the Pew Bibles in your worship folders. Paul says this, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. You know, that word of futility actually means vanity. And what it really stretches out to be is that that word means it does not lead to the goal. 
You know, Atlas had a goal to strengthen the upper body, but he neglected the overall goal of bulking up the whole person. Working out, looking in the mirror, he missed that goal. Paul says the goal that leads to nothingness is what the world runs after. It's emptiness. It has no goal at all. That's part of the darkening in their understanding. That's part of what we live with in our world. Back in 1985 on the show Saturday Night Live, Billy Crystal created a character who said the following words, Always remember, it is not how you feel, it's how you look. And you look marvelous. You see, in our world, the mirror is everything. The image that we portray, the image that people see, so much so that it grips us and it even spills over from what we see in movies and in glamour magazines and everywhere else. It spills over into our lives. Just as Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, you live in a world surrounded by those who don't know who God is, who are darkened and hardened in their hearts, who live in this world and think that they have a goal in mind, but it leads to nothingness. So that spills over to us in the church of Jesus Christ. Often we are more interested as the people of God and how we look as Christ followers. How are our accomplishments measured? How do we compare to other churches in the area? No matter what denomination. Or how do we compare to other Lutheran churches? Do they have more members? Is their school bigger? What are they doing? What are we doing? We get caught up in this same type of attitude of that we must look the best always. We look at our reflection versus looking forward so often. We look back at things and accomplishments. We think those are the most important things we have ever done in our lives. We did this. We had this. We accomplished this. And we fail to move forward. You know, as we talk about today the truth in the mirror The mirror that we're talking about is not the reflective glass that we look at many times a day. It's the reflective Word of God that tells us the truth about ourselves. James writes in his epistle the following words, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What is James saying there? How can we forget what we look like? Well, James is saying as we compare ourselves to the Word and do not do what it says, as the Word calls us out and gives us the truth of God to say, we are sinners. We are broken people. We need the salvation that Jesus Christ has brought into our world so we can begin our day and to begin to take on the image of ourselves that, you know, we're really not that bad of a person. I'm pretty good. I gave that guy on the street five bucks so he could get some food. I stopped and let that lady in in heavy traffic. I'm a pretty good guy. I'm really nice. I could pat myself on the back. That's what he's talking about. 
We begin to forget who we are in the truth of the Word. We put on a new image that colors our view in everything, and we forget what the Word really says about us in truth. That's what Paul's saying in the rest of the epistle today about who we truly are, our old selves and our new selves. And he says this, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul's talking about a direction here from the former way of life. We have moved, we are moving in this direction, not that direction. But so often we think that the putting off of the old self has to do with us and our ability to build ourselves up and do the work ourselves. The old is the vain and the petrified is the word for hardened. The heart that is petrified in the world that goes nowhere and has a goal that leads to nothing. How often our hearts can be petrified, turned to stone as we view ourselves and our image in the mirror of life and compare ourselves and think that we must be like everyone else or be better than they are in our beauty and our attractiveness. The book of Ezekiel talks about God giving us no longer this heart of stone, but replacing it with a heart of flesh. Part of what Paul's talking about on putting on the new creation. We cannot, by flexing our spiritual muscles, put off the old man. It is not in our power. We cannot convert him. We cannot renew him. We cannot train him away or exercise him away. Only... Can the old be put off by it being crucified and killed by Jesus Christ? That's what Paul's talking about. That's what we know happens. That's what Luther said to us in rising each day in our baptism. That we kill the old self in us. We put it off and we rise in the newness that Jesus has given us. We carry around what the Scriptures call this body of death, this old self with us. And it wants us to return again and again to that former way of life. Only it can be renewed by the truth of the Word of God. Only can it be kept in check by the Word of God. And only can it be built up by the grace of God. You see, we assemble here not just for the benefit of fellowship together, but we assemble in this place as the body of Jesus Christ to be built up in grace. To hear of the forgiveness and the love that the Word of God gives us. This is our true workout regiment, the truth of the Word of God, the image that stays. We rise each day in that baptism and that forgiveness, having killed that old self and living now in a new image, 
the image of God renewed in us. You know, Luther put that for us in two simple prayers that he wrote. A morning prayer and an evening prayer. And I want you to hear those words again of both of those prayers and to think about the putting off and the putting on that Paul's talking about as we look in the mirror of the Word of God. Luther says this, I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. Now here, And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. There it is. There is the goal of the mirror of the Word of God. There is the truth. There is the putting on of the new man in Jesus Christ. We are asking each day that we could put on this new image that was created in baptism to be the person that would allow us to live the way that the Word of God has called us to be, to be that true image and reflection of what Jesus has made us. But I want you then also to hear the words of Luther's evening prayer. When he says this, I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this day from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong and graciously keep me this night. You see, in the morning as we rise in our baptism, Luther's saying, we pray to put on that new self and be the person and the image in the mirror that God would have us. But we know at the end of the day that we carry around still this body of death, that it still draws us and pulls us to desires that are contrary to the truth in the mirror of the Word of God. And we cover it once again with grace and forgiveness. We set the goal and the bar and the regiment every day to say, this is who I want to be in Christ. And we end it every day covered in the forgiveness that Jesus bought us on the cross at such a price. This is how we are truly built up as the body of Christ. This is the truth in the mirror of the Word of God. We are people that in our baptism have put off the old. We rise to newness but we continue to be covered in the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ that binds us together, that builds us up, that gives us the strength each day to be the people that He has called in the world that needs the hope and the truth of that Word of God. May we ever be those people renewed by that eternal light of Jesus Christ. Amen.